0: Hey, everyone. Here's some supplemental stuff. I'm going to call them full episodes because that's what they are. They're full episodes, and it's not more Devil's Dictionary new. It's more Oz. I figured I'd uh, throw in that book that we skipped over that just had a little bit of Dorothy, but not a lot of Dorothy. It's the second Oz book, and it just kind of has some Dorothy, but it does fill in the gaps between uh book one and book three if you're like wait a minute what happened hey what's this thing about this who's that what huh we're gonna have it and you know what we're gonna give it to you and you know who's gonna help us give it to you found item clothing of course you can get all of your favorite cool guy cool gal cool everyone t-shirts i love my uh my Revenge of the Nerds uh, booger-type t-shirts that I have, like uh, Greasy Tonys, and uh, other ones that I'm not gonna say, because this is a family episode, so, you know, hey, if you want sassy t-shirts from your favorite 80s and 90s films, founditemclothing.com, and of course, of course, of course, Highland Cow Wooly Bull Slippers. They're just called Highland Cow Slippers, but I like saying Wooly Bull. All right, check out um, bunnieslippers.com. Hey, do you like uh, those those uh, slippers that Val Kilmer's character, Christopher Knight, I think it is, wore in real genius? Oh, they've got everything you need. Even the little dealy bobber things, the alien uh, things that he wore. They've got the whole outfit. I mean, you have to supply the pants and the socks and the underwear. I don't know if he wore underwear. That's That's up to you. That's between you and your creator, or your concept of philosophy of Whatever, I don't care. Hey, you want to listen to some Oz? I've got some Oz. And also, 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 not for this, we've got uh, some Ken Haidt coming up on People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos, our monthly show about the Cthulhu Mythos. You know it. You like it. Maybe. Hopefully. I don't know. (laughs) And Ken Haidt's going to be talking about ghouls in literature, because we're going to be talking about ghouls and also we've got some stuff coming up from david heath about alternate forms of dracula and what else do we have coming up we've got some talk about the devil's dictionary with david heath as well so look forward to that hey do you have something that you want to send me do you have questions that you want to ask We'll do mailbag episodes here and once in a while. But right now, we need more people to send some stuff. We got some real good questions from a guy named Mateo. Mateo, thank you for your questions. And anyone else out there who has questions for us, go to pgttcm.com, contact, or ask questions on our Facebook group for People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos and Black Clock Audio Tales. And we're also on Instagram. Here we go. Chapter
1: 8, The Foolish Owl and the Wise Donkey. On they went, and half an hour's steady walking brought them to a house somewhat better than the two they had already passed. It stood close to the roadside, and over the door was a sign that read Miss Foolish Owl and Mr Wise Donkey Public Advisers. When Ojo read this sign aloud, Scraps said laughingly, well, here is a place to get all the advice we want maybe more than we need let's go in the boy knocked at the door come in called a deep bass voice so they opened the door and entered the house where a little light brown donkey dressed in a blue apron and a blue cap was engaged in dusting the furniture with a blue cloth on a shelf over the window sat a great blue owl with a blue sunbonnet on her head blinking her big round eyes
2: at the visitors good morning said the donkey in his deep voice which seemed bigger than he was did you come to us for
1: advice why we came anyhow replied scraps and now we are here we may as well have some advice it's free isn't it
2: certainly said the donkey advice doesn't cost anything Unless you follow it. Permit me to say, by the way, that you are the queerest lot of travelers that ever came to my shop. Judging you merely by appearances, I think you'd better talk to the foolish owl yonder. They turned to look at the bird, which fluttered its wings and
1: stared back at them with its big eyes. toot 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 Cried the owl. Fiddle come, foo, howdy do, riddle come, tittle, come, to ralaloo. That beats your poetry, Scraps, said Ojo. It's just nonsense, declared the Glass Cat.
2: But it's good advice for the foolish, said the donkey admiringly. Listen to my partner, and you can't go wrong. Said the owl in a grumbling voice. "'Patchwork girl has come to life,
1: no one's sweetheart, no one's wife. "'Lacking sense and loving
2: fun, she'll be snubbed by everyone.' "'Quite a compliment, quite a compliment, I declare,' exclaimed the donkey, turning to look at Scraps. "'You are certainly a wonder, my dear, and I fancy you'd make a splendid pincushion.' if you belonged to me i'd wear smoked glasses when i looked at you why asked the patchwork girl because you are so gay and gaudy it
1: is my beauty that dazzles you she asserted you
2: munchkin people all strut around in your stupid blue color while i you are wrong in calling me a munchkin interrupted the ducky for i was born in the land of mo and came to visit the land of oz on the day it was shut off from all the rest of the world so here i am obliged to stay and i confess it is a very pleasant country to live in hoot titoot, toot cried the owl ojo's searching
1: for a charm cause unknockies come to harm charms are scarce they're hard to get oh joe's got a job you bet is the owl so very foolish asked the boy
2: extremely so replied the donkey notice what vulgar expressions she uses but i admire the owl for reason that she is positively foolish owls are supposed to be so very wise generally That a foolish one is unusual, and you perhaps know that anything, or anyone unusual, is sure to be interesting to the wise. The owl flapped its wings again, muttering these words.
1: It's hard to be a classy cat. No cat can be more hard than that. She's so transparent, every act is clear to us, and that's a fact. "'Have you noticed my pink brains?' inquired
2: Bungle proudly. "'You can see them work.' "'Not in the daytime,' said the donkey. "'She can't see very well by day, poor thing. "'But her advice is excellent. "'I advise you all to
1: follow it.'
2: "'The owl hasn't given us any advice as yet,' the boy declared. "'No? "'Then what do you call all those sweet poems?' Just foolishness, replied Ojo. Scraps does the same thing. Foolishness, of course, to be sure. The foolish owl must be foolish, or she wouldn't be the foolish owl. You are very complimentary to my partner indeed,
1: asserted the donkey, rubbing his front hoofs together as if highly pleased. The sign says that you are wise, remarked Scraps to the donkey.
2: I wish you would prove it. With great pleasure, returned the beast. Put me to the test, my dear Patches, and I'll prove my wisdom in the wink of an eye.
1: What is the best way to get to the Emerald City? asked Ojo. Walk, said the donkey.
2: I know, but what road shall I take? was the boy's next question. The road of yellow bricks, of course. It leads directly to the Emerald City."
1: "'And how shall we find the road of Yellow
2: Bricks?' "'By keeping along the path you have been following. You'll come to the Yellow Bricks pretty soon, and you'll know them when you see them, because they're the only yellow things in the blue country.'" "'Thank you,' said the boy. "'At
1: last you have told me something. Is that the extent of your wisdom?
2: asked Scraps. No, replied the donkey. I know many other things, but they wouldn't interest you. So I'll give you one last word of advice. Move on, for the sooner you do that, the sooner you'll get to the Emerald City of Oz. hooty tooty tooty toot!" squeaked the owl.
1: OFF YOU GO, FAST OR SLOW, WHERE YOU'RE GOING YOU DON'T KNOW. PATCHES, BUNGLE, MUNCHKIN LAD, FACING FORTUNES GOOD AND BAD, MEETING dangers, GRAVE AND SAD, SOMETIMES WORRIED, SOMETIMES GLAD, WHERE YOU'RE GOING YOU DON'T KNOW, NOR DO I, BUT OFF YOU GO. SOUNDS LIKE A HINT TO ME, SAID THE PATCHWORK GIRL. Then let's take it and go, replied Ojo. They said goodbye to the wise donkey and the foolish owl and at once resumed their journey. End of chapter eight. Chapter nine They Meet the Woozy. There seem to be very few houses around here, after all, remarked Ojo after they had walked for a time in silence. ''Never mind,'' said Scraps, ''we are not looking for houses, but rather the road of yellow bricks. Won't it be funny to run along something yellow in this dismal blue country?'' ''There are worse colors than yellow in this country,'' asserted the glass cat in a spiteful tone. ''Oh, do you mean the pink pebbles you call your brains and your red heart and green eyes?'' asked the patchwork girl. "'No. I mean you, if you must know it,' growled the cat. "'You're jealous,' laughed Scraps. "'You'd give your whiskers for a lovely, variegated complexion like mine.' "'I wouldn't,' retorted the cat. "'I've the clearest complexion in the world, and I don't employ a beauty doctor either.' "'I see you don't,' said Scraps. Please don't quarrel, begged Ojo. This is an important journey, and quarreling makes me discouraged. To be brave one must be cheerful, so I hope you will be as good-tempered as possible." They had traveled some distance, when suddenly they faced a high fence which barred any further progress straight ahead. It ran directly across the road, and enclosed a small forest of tall trees set close together. When the group of adventurers peered through the bars of the fence they thought this forest looked more gloomy and forbidding than any they had ever seen before. They soon discovered that the path they had been following now made a bend and passed around the enclosure, but what made Ojo stop and look thoughtful was a sign painted on the fence which read, "'Beware of the woozy!' "'That means,' he said, "'that there's a woozy inside that fence. "'And the woozy must be a dangerous animal, "'or they wouldn't tell people to beware of it.' "'Let's keep out, then,' replied Scraps. "'That path is outside the fence, "'and Mr. Woozy may have all his little forest to himself, "'for all we care. "'But one of our errands is to find a woozy.' Ojo explained. The magician wants me to get three hairs from the end of a woozy's tail. "'Let's go and find some other woozy,' suggested the cat. "'This one is ugly and dangerous, or they wouldn't cage him up. Maybe we shall find another that is tame and gentle.' "'Perhaps there isn't any other at all?' answered Ojo. "'The sign doesn't say, Beware a Woozy. It says... "'Beware THE woozy, which may mean there's only one in all the land of Oz.' "'Then,' said Scraps, "'suppose we go in and find him. Very likely, if we ask him politely to let us pull three hairs out of the tip of his tail, he won't hurt us.' "'It would hurt him, I'm sure, and that would make him cross,' said the cat. "'You needn't worry, Bungle,' remarked the patchwork girl. "'For if there is danger, you can climb a tree. "'Ojo and I are not afraid, are we, Ojo?' "'I am a little,' the boy admitted. "'But this danger must be faced, if we intend to save poor Unc Nunky. "'How shall we get over the fence?' "'Climb!' answered Scraps, and at once she began climbing up the rows of bars. Ojo followed and found it more easy than he had expected. When they got to the top of the fence, they began to get down on the other side and soon were in the forest. The glass cat, being small, crept between the lower bars and joined them. Here there was no path of any sort. So they entered the woods, the boy leading the way, and wandered through the trees until they were nearly in the center of the forest they now came upon a clear space in which stood a rocky cave. So far they had met no living creatures, but when Ojo saw the cave he knew it must be the den of the woozy. It is hard to face any savage beast without a sinking of the heart, but still more terrifying is it to face an unknown beast which you have never seen even a picture of so there is little wonder that the pulses of the munchkin boy beat fast as he and his companions stood facing the cave the opening was perfectly square and about big enough to admit a goat i guess the woozy is asleep said scraps shall i throw in a stone to waken him no please don't answered ojo his voice trembling a little i'm in no hurry But he had not long to wait, for the woozy heard the sound of voices and came trotting out of his cave. As this is the only woozy that has ever lived, either in the land of Oz or out of it, I must describe it to you. The creature was all squares and flat surfaces and edges. Its head was an exact square, like one of the building blocks a child plays with. Therefore it had no ears, but heard sounds through two openings in the upper corners. Its nose, being in the center of a square surface, was flat, while the mouth was formed by the opening of the lower edge of the block. The body of the woozy was much larger than its head, but it was likewise block-shaped, being twice as long as it was wide and high. The tail was square and stubby and perfectly straight, and the four legs were made in the same way, each being four-sided. The animal was covered with a thick, smooth skin, and had no hair at all except at the extreme end of its tail, where there grew exactly three stiff, stubby hairs. The beast was dark blue in color, and his face was not fierce nor ferocious in expression, but rather good-humored and droll seeing the strangers the woozy folded his hind leg as if they had been hinged and sat down t- to look his visitors over well well he exclaimed what a queer lot you are at first i thought some of those miserable munchkin farmers had come to annoy me but i am relieved to find you in their stead it is plain to me that you are a remarkable group as remarkable in your own way as i am in mine AND SO YOU ARE WELCOME TO MY DOMAIN. NICE PLACE, ISN'T IT? BUT LONESOME, DREADFULLY LONESOME. WHY DID THEY SHUT YOU UP HERE? ASKED Scraps, WHO WAS REGARDING THE QUEER SQUARE CREATURE WITH SOME CURIOSITY. BECAUSE I EAT UP ALL THE HONEYBEES WHICH THE MUNCHKIN FARMERS WHO LIVE AROUND HERE KEEP TO MAKE THEM HONEY. ARE YOU FOND OF EATING HONEYBEES? Inquired THE BOY. "'Very. They are really delicious.' "'But the farmers did not like to lose their bees, "'and so they tried to destroy me. "'Of course they couldn't do that. "'Why not? "'My skin is so thick and tough "'that nothing can get through it to hurt me. "'So, finding they could not destroy me, "'they drove me into this forest and built a fence around me. "'Unkind, wasn't it? "'But what do you eat now?' "'asked Ojo. "'Nothing at all. "'I've tried the leaves from the trees "'and the mosses and creeping vines, "'but they don't seem to suit my taste. "'So there being no honey-bees here, "'I've eaten nothing for years.' "'You must be awfully hungry,' said the boy. "'I've got some bread and cheese in my basket. "'Would you like that kind of food? Mm, "'Give me a nibble and I will try it.' then i can tell you better whether it is grateful to my appetite returned the woozy so the boy opened his basket and broke a piece off the loaf of bread he tossed it toward the woozy who cleverly caught it in his mouth and ate it in a twinkling "Hmm, that's rather good declared the animal any more try some cheese said ojo and threw down a piece the woozy ate that too and smacked its long thin lips Mm, that's mighty good, it exclaimed. Any more? Plenty, replied Ojo. So he sat down on a stump and fed the Woozy bread and cheese for a long time, for no matter how much the boy broke off, the loaf and the slice remained just as big. That'll do, said the Woozy at last. I'm quite full. I hope the strange food won't give me indigestion. "'I hope not,' said Ojo, "'it's what I eat.' "'Well, I must say I'm much obliged, and I'm glad you came,' announced the beast. "'Is there anything I can do in return for your kindness?' "'Yes,' said Ojo earnestly. "'You have it in your power to do me a great favor, if you will.' "'What is it?' asked the woozy. "'Name the favor, and I will grant it.' "'I... I want three hairs from the tip of your tail,' said Ojo, with some hesitation. Three hairs? Why, that's all I have, on my tail or anywhere else,' exclaimed the beast. "'I know, but I want them very much.' "'They are my sole ornaments, my prettiest feature,' said the woozy uneasily. "'If I give up those three hairs, I... I'm just a blockhead.' "'Yet I must have them.' insisted the boy firmly and then he told the woozy all about the accident to Unc Nunky and Morgolot, and how the three hares were to be a part of the magic charm that would restore them to life the beast listened with attention and when Ojo had finished the recital it said with a sigh ah, I always keep my word for I pride myself on being square so "'You may have the three hairs and welcome. "'I think under such circumstances it would be selfish in me to refuse you.' "'Thank you, thank you very much,' cried the boy joyfully. "'May I pull out the hairs now?' "'Any time you like,' answered the boozy. "'So Ojo went up to the queer creature, "'and taking hold of one of the hairs, began to pull. "'He pulled harder.' He pulled with all his might, but the hair remained fast. "'What's the trouble?' asked the woozy, which Ojo had dragged here and there all around the clearing in his endeavor to pull out the hair. "'It won't come,' said the boy, panting. "'I was afraid of that,' declared the beast. "'You'll have to pull harder.' "'I'll help you,' exclaimed Scraps, coming to the boy's side. You pull the hair, and I'll pull you, and together we ought to get it out easily. Wait a jiffy, called the Woozy, and then it went to a tree and hugged it with its front paws, so that its body couldn't be dragged around by the pull. All ready now, go ahead. Hojo grasped the hair with both hands, and pulled with all his strength while Scraps seized the boy around his waist and added her strength to his. But the hair wouldn't budge. Instead, it slipped out of Ojo's hands, and he and Scraps both rolled upon the ground in a heap and never stopped until they bumped against the rocky cave. Give it up, advised the glass cat as the boy arose and assisted the patchwork girl to her feet. A dozen strong men couldn't pull out those hairs. I believe they're clinched in on the underside of the woozy's thick skin. Then what shall I do? asked the boy despairingly. If on our return I fail to take these three hairs to the crooked magician, the other things I have come to seek will be of no use at all, and we cannot restore Unc Nunky and Margolot to life. "'They're goners, I guess,' said the patchwork girl. "'Never mind,' added the cat. "'I can't see that old Unk and are worth all this trouble anyhow.' But Ojo did not feel that way. He was so disheartened that he sat down upon a stump and began to cry. The woozy looked at the boy thoughtfully. "'Why don't you take me with you?' asked the beast." Then, when at last you get to the magician's house, he can surely find some way to pull out those three hairs. Ojo was overjoyed at this suggestion. That's it, he cried, wiping away the tears and springing to his feet with a smile. If I take the three hairs to the magician, it won't matter if they are still in your body. It can't matter in the least, agreed the woozy. "'Come on, then,' said the boy, picking up his basket. "'Let us start at once. "'I have several other things to find, you know.' But the glass cat gave a little laugh, and inquired in her scornful way, "'How do you intend to get the beast out of this forest?' That puzzled them all for a time. "'Let us go to the fence, and then we may find a way,' suggested Scraps. So they walked through the forest to the fence, reaching it at a point exactly opposite that where they had entered the enclosure. ''How did you get in?'' asked the Woozy. ''We climbed over,'' answered Ojo. ''I can't do that,'' said the beast. ''I'm a very swift runner, for I can overtake a honeybee as it flies, and I can jump very high, which is the reason they made such a tall fence to keep me in.' But I can't climb at all, and I'm too big to squeeze between the bars of the fence. Ojo tried to think what to do.
2: "'Can you dig?'
1: he asked. "'No,' answered the woozy, for I have no claws. My feet are quite flat on the bottom of them. Nor can I gnaw away the boards, as I have no teeth.' "'You're not such a terrible creature after all,' remarked Scraps. "'You haven't heard me growl, or you wouldn't say that,' declared the woozy. "'When I growl, the sound echoes like thunder all through the valley and woodlands, "'and children tremble with fear, and women cover their heads with their aprons, "'and big men run and hide. "'I suppose there is nothing in the world so terrible to listen to as the growl of a woozy.'" Please don't growl, then," begged Ojo earnestly. There is no danger of my growling, for I am not angry. Only when angry do I utter my fearful, ear-splitting, soul-shuddering growl. Also when I am angry my eyes flash fire, whether I growl or not. Real fire? asked Ojo. Of course real fire. Do you suppose they'd flash imitation fire? inquired the woozy in an injured tone. "'In that case I've solved the riddle,' cried Snaps, dancing with glee. "'Those fence-boards are made of wood, "'and if the woozy stands close to the fence "'and lets his eyes flash fire, "'they might set fire to the fence and burn it up. "'Then he could walk away with us easily, being free.' "'Ah, I have never thought of that plan. "'Or I would have been free long ago,' said the woozy. "'But I cannot flash fire from my eyes unless I am very angry.' "'Can't you get angry about something, please?' asked Ojo. "'I'll try. Uh, You just say, "'Krizzle Crew,' to me.' "'Will that make you angry?' inquired the boy. "'Terribly angry.' "'What does it mean?' asked Scraps. "'I don't know. That's what makes me so angry,' replied the Woozy. He then stood close to the fence, with his head near one of the boards, and Scraps called out, Grizzle crew!'' Then Ojo said, ''Krizzle crew!'' And the glass cat said, ''Krizzle crew!'' The woozy began to tremble with anger, and small sparks darted from his eyes. Seeing this, they all cried, ''Krizzle crew!'' together, and that made the beast's eyes flash fire so fiercely that the fence-board caught the sparks and began to smoke. Then it burst into flame, and the woozy stepped back and said triumphantly, "'Aha! that did the business all right. It was a happy thought for you to yell all together, for that made me as angry as I have ever been. Fine sparks, weren't they?' "'Regular fireworks,' replied Scraps admiringly. In a few moments the board had burned to a distance of several feet, leaving an opening big enough for them all to pass through. Ojo broke some branches from a tree, and with them whipped the fire until it was extinguished. "'We don't want to burn the whole fence down,' said he, for the flames would attract the attention of the munchkin farmers, who would then come and capture the woozy again. I guess they'll be rather surprised when they find he's escaped.' "'So they will,' declared the woozy, chuckling gleefully. "'When they find I'm gone, the farmers will be badly scared, "'for they'll expect me to eat up their honeybees as I did before.' "'That reminds me,' said the boy, "'that you must promise not to eat honey-bees while you are in our company.' "'None at all?' "'Not a bee. "'You would get us all into trouble.' "'and we can't afford to have any more trouble than is necessary. "'I'll feed you all the bread and cheese you want, "'and that must satisfy you.' "'All right, I'll promise,' said the woozy cheerfully. "'And when I promise anything, you can depend on it, "'cause I'm square.' "'I don't see what difference that makes,' observed the patchwork girl, "'as they found the path and continued their journey. "'The shape doesn't make a thing honest, does it?' "'Of course it does,' returned the woozy, very decidedly. "'No one could trust that crooked magician, for instance, just because he is crooked. But a square woozy couldn't do anything crooked if he wanted to.' "'I'm neither square nor crooked,' said Scraps, looking down at her plump body. "'No, you're round. So you're liable to do anything,' asserted the woozy. Do not blame me, Miss Gorgeous, if I regard you with suspicion. Many a satin ribbon has a cotton back. Scraps didn't understand this, but she had an uneasy misgiving that she had a cotton back herself. It would settle down at times and make her squat and dumpy, and then she had to roll herself in the road until her body stretched out again. End of Chapter 9 CHAPTER Ten: SHAGGY MAN TO THE RESCUE They had not gone very far before Bungle, who had run on ahead, came bounding back to say that the road of Yellow Bricks was just before them. At once they hurried forward to see what this famous road looked like. It was a broad road, but not straight, for it wandered over hill and dale and picked out the easiest places to go. All its length and breadth was paved with smooth bricks of a bright yellow color, so it was smooth and level except in a few places where the bricks had crumbled or been removed, leaving holes that might cause the unwary to stumble. "'I wonder,' said Ojo, looking up and down the road, "'which way to go?' "'Where are you bound for?' asked the Woozy. "'The Emerald City,' he replied.' "'Then go west,' said the woozy. "'I know this road pretty well, for I have chased many a honey-bee over it.' "'Have you ever been to the Emerald City?' asked Scraps. "'No. I am very shy by nature, as you may have noticed, so I haven't mingled much in society.' "'Are you afraid of men?' inquired the patchwork girl. "'Me?' "'With my heart-rending growl, my horrible, shudderful growl, I should say not, I am not afraid of anything,' declared the woozy. "'I wish I could say the same,' sighed Ojo. "'I don't think we need to be afraid when we get to the Emerald City, for Unknunky has told me that Ozma, our girl ruler, is very lovely and kind, and tries to help everyone who is in trouble.' "'but they say there are many dangers lurking on the road to the great fairy city, "'and so we must be very careful.' "'I hope nothing will break me,' said the glass cat in a nervous voice. "'I'm a little brittle, you know, and can't stand many hard knocks.' "'If anything could fade the colors on my lovely patches, "'it would break my heart,' said the patchwork girl. "'I'm not sure you have a heart,' Ojo reminded her. "'Then it would break my cotton,' persisted Scraps. "'Do you think they are all fast colors, Ojo?' she asked anxiously. "'They seem fast enough when you run,' he replied. "'And then, looking ahead of them, he exclaimed, "'Oh, what lovely trees!' "'They were certainly pretty to look at, "'and the travellers hurried forward to observe them more closely. "'Why, they're not trees at all,' said Scraps. They're just monstrous plants. That is what they really were, masses of great broad leaves which rose from the ground far into the air, until they towered twice as high as the top of the patchwork girl's head, who was a little taller than Ojo. The plants formed rows on both sides of the road, and from each plant rose a dozen or more of the big broad leaves, which swayed continually from side to side, although no wind was blowing. But the most curious thing about the swaying leaves was their color. They seemed to have a general groundwork of blue, but here and there other colors glinted at times through the blue. Gorgeous yellows turning to pink, purple, orange, and scarlet mingled with more sober browns and grays, each appearing as a blotch or stripe anywhere on a leaf, and then disappearing, to be replaced by some other color of a different shape. The changeful coloring of the great leaves was very beautiful, but it was bewildering as well, and the novelty of the scene drew our travelers close to the lines of plants, where they stood watching them with rapt interest. Suddenly a leaf bit lower than usual and touched the patchwork girl. Swiftly it enveloped her in its embrace, covering her completely in its thick folds, and then it swayed back upon its stem. "'Why, she's gone!' gasped Ojo in amazement. And, listening carefully, he thought he could hear the muffled screams of scraps coming from the center of the folded leaf. But before he could think what he ought to do to save her, another leaf bent down and captured the glass cat, rolling around the little creature until she was completely hidden, and then straightening up again upon its stem. "'Look out!' cried the woozy. "'Run! Run fast, or you are lost!' Ojo turned and saw the woozy running swiftly up the road. But the last leaf of the row of plants seized the beast even as he ran, and instantly he disappeared from sight. The boy had no chance to escape. Half a dozen of the great leaves were bending toward him from different directions, and as he stood hesitating, one of them clutched him in its embrace. In a flash he was in the dark. Then he felt himself gently lifted until he was swaying in the air, "'with the folds of the leaf hugging him on all sides. "'At first he struggled hard to escape, crying out in anger, "'Let me go! Let me go!' "'But neither struggles nor protests had any effect whatever. "'The leaf held him firmly, and he was a prisoner. "'Then Ojo quieted himself and tried to think.' Despair fell upon him when he remembered that all his little party had been captured, even as he was, and there was none to save them.
2: (laughs) "'I might have expected
1: it,' he sobbed miserably. "'I'm, oh, Joe, the unlucky, and something dreadful was sure to happen to me.' He pushed against the leaf that held him, and found it to be soft, but thick and firm." It was like a great bandage all around him, and he found it difficult to move his body or limbs in order to change their position. The minutes passed and became hours. Ojo wondered how long one could live in such a condition, and if the leaf would gradually sap his strength, and even his life, in order to feed itself. The little munchkin boy had never heard of any person dying in the Land of Oz but he knew one could suffer a great deal of pain. His greatest fear at this time was that he would always remain imprisoned in the beautiful leaf and never see the light of day again. No sound came to him through the leaf. All around was intense silence. Ojo wondered if Scraps had stopped screaming. Or of the folds of the leaf prevented his hearing her. By and by he thought he heard a whistle, as of someone whistling a tune. Yes, it really must be someone whistling, he decided, for he could follow the strains of a pretty munchkin melody that Unc Nunky used to sing to him. The sounds were low and sweet, and although they reached Ojo's ears very faintly, They were clear and harmonious. Could the leaf whistle? Ojo wondered. Nearer and nearer came the sounds, and then they seemed to be just the other side of the leaf that was hugging him. Suddenly the whole leaf toppled and fell, carrying the boy with it, and while he sprawled at full length the folds slowly relaxed and set him free. He scrambled quickly to his feet. And found that a strange man was standing before him, a man so curious in appearance that the boy stared with round eyes. He was a big man with shaggy whiskers, shaggy eyebrows, shaggy hair, but kindly blue eyes that were gentle as those of a cow. On his head was a green velvet hat with a jeweled band, which was all shaggy around the brim. "'Rich but shaggy laces were at his throat. "'A coat with shaggy edges was decorated with diamond buttons. "'The velvet breeches had jeweled buckles at the knees "'and shags all around the bottoms. "'On his breast hung a medallion "'bearing a picture of Princess Dorothy of Oz, "'and in his hand, as he stood looking at Ojo, "'was a sharp knife shaped like a dagger. "'Oh!' exclaimed Ojo, greatly astonished at the sight of this stranger. And then he added, "'Who has saved me, sir?' "'Can't you see?' replied the other with a smile. "'I'm the shaggy man.' "'Yes, I can see that,' said the boy, nodding. "'Was it you who rescued me from the leaf?' "'None other, you may be sure. "'But take care, or I shall have to rescue you again.' Ojo gave a jump. For he saw several broad leaves leaning toward him, but the shaggy man began to whistle again, and at the sound the leaves all straightened up on their stems and kept still. The man now took Ojo's arm and led him up the road past the last of the great plants, and not till he was safely beyond their reach did he cease his whistling. "'You see, the music charms them,' said he. "'Singing or whistling, it doesn't matter which, "'makes them behave and nothing else will. "'I always whistle as I go by them, "'and so they always let me alone. "'Today, as I went by whistling, "'I saw a leaf curled and knew "'there must be something inside it. "'I cut down the leaf with my knife "'and out you popped. "'Lucky I passed by, wasn't it?' You are very kind, said Ojo, and I thank you. Will you please rescue my companions also? What companions? Asked the Shaggy Man. The leaves grabbed them all, said the boy. There's a patchwork girl and a what? A girl made of patchwork, you know. She's alive and her name is Scraps. And there is a glass cat. Glass? Asked the Shaggy Man. All glass. And alive yes said ojo she has pink brains and there's a woozy what's a woozy inquired the shaggy man why I I can't describe it answered the boy greatly perplexed but it's a queer animal with three hairs on the tip of its tail that won't come out and what won't come out asked the shaggy man the tail the hairs won't come out but you'll see the woozy if you please rescue it and then you'll know just what it is. "Of course," said the shaggy man, nodding his shaggy head, and then he walked back among the plants, still whistling, and found the three leaves which were curled around Ojo's traveling companions. The first leaf he cut down released scraps, and on seeing her, the shaggy man threw back his shaggy head opened wide his mouth and laughed so shaggily and yet so merrily that scraps liked him at once. Then he took off his hat and made her a low bow, saying, My dear, you're a wonder. I must introduce you to my friend, the Scarecrow. When he cut down the second leaf, he rescued the glass cat, and Bungle was so frightened that she scampered away like a streak, and soon had joined Ojo when she sat beside him panting and trembling. The last plant of all the row had captured the woozy, and a big bunch in the center of the curled leaf showed plainly where he was. With his sharp knife the shaggy man sliced off the stem of the leaf, and as it fell and unfolded, out trotted the woozy and escaped beyond the reach of any more of the dangerous plants. End of chapter 10
0: Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to these extra episodes of The Patchwork Girl of Oz. I'm your host D.B. Spitzer, and if you want to help this show and make sure that it is here in the future you can always go to PGTTCM.com and learn how to be a patron not through patreon but through podbean.com and it helps the show and if you're interested I have things like coloring books and uh, which I'm updating stuff for an RPG that I'm working on that I'm updating as I'm working on it and I haven't any plans for any extra episodes yet And if, uh, you know, that's not enough interaction for you, how about something that you can wear? Go to PGTTCM.com, hit that shop button. You'll find shirts for this show. You'll find shirts for Dave's show. There's probably some Articulate Warbling shirts in there. Anyway, everything that you find on PGTTCM.com, you'll find there. And of course, hey, bunnyslippers.com. Check out their Highland Cow Slippers. They're pretty cool. I like them. They keep my feet warm and they dust the floor as i walk around which actually no i sweep so that's not even a thing anyway hey let me know that you listen to the show i want to i want to know if you're actually out there I, I i get numbers but i don't know if it's just bots these days so thank you so much for listening and stay safe stay clean stay out of other people's moist throat zone moist vapor zone moist whatever it is just you know that's bad news and uh i i can't think of anything else but you know hey stay safe if if you're working and listening to this hey i'm i'm right there with you i, I i've got a job packaging food and shipping it out and yeah I know we have uh, folks shipping our stuff through amazon constantly and ups and all the people out there are doing hard work you know what and uh just a shout out to the folks at panco uh look up uh, mushroom com. that's 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 something out there it's it's super shelf stable you can do things like take like a quart of milk throw some in there microwave it for about three minutes you got yourself some mushroom soup anyway that's just a tip from me (laughs) uh yeah no thank you uh pan mushroom for employing me and also creating a product that's like really good uh tasty and wonderful uh during this time of need when people need something other than just i don't know potato chips or something it's a plant-based protein and it's jerky and you know what hey everyone you know what stay safe stay awesome and uh oh man, I just don't want to get off the microphone because that means that it's